Welcome to the Growing With Purpose podcast. I'm Paul Spiegelman, and we're going behind the scenes with very special leaders, learning about what shaped them into who they are in business and in life. Support for today's episode comes from Ruby Receptionists. Ruby's live, remote receptionists and proprietary technology are your solution to delivering excellent customer service experiences by answering calls in English or Spanish, transferring calls, taking messages, addressing common questions, and making outbound calls for you. Most importantly, they sound like they're sitting in your office. To learn more, visit Ruby, excuse me, call Ruby.com, or better yet, call us at 855 255 Ruby. My guest today is Howard Spector. Howard is co-founder and CEO of Simple Practice, a software solution for behavioral health professionals. He earned his master's in counseling psychology and has over 20 years experience in the IT industry. And uh, in all uh, honesty, uh, I I know Howard and Howard, you and I met maybe 25 years ago uh, in a gym in Los Angeles. And uh, I have kind of followed your career all these years. And I just remember you being uh, like a kid who was all over the place. You know, you had uh, lots of ideas. You wanted to be in business, do kind of do your own thing. And uh, we recently reconnected at the Small Giants Summit. And and I was just so impressed with how far you've come and uh, how you've been able to really grow your career and have great success. Uh, Start with simple practice. What do you guys do? Uh, size, scope, who do you serve? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it was great to reconnect with you, um, and uh, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. So Simple Practice is um, it's practice management software, so it's kind of like an EHR, electronic health records. Uh, we're focused, uh, we focused initially on the behavioral health care space, so that's really psychologists, social workers, counselors, um, you know, some psychiatrists, folks like that. Uh, and we're starting to branch out kind of in other areas of the health and wellness vertical, um, you know, chiropractors, um, occupational therapists, things like that, um, because we realize we're essentially building a platform. So the company has about 65 people right now. Um, there's a, a, about 12 of those are um, on our engineering team overseas. Everyone else is here in Santa Monica. And uh, we started the company in uh, you know, January 2012, my co-founder and I. We uh, basically worked on the the platform for about a year and a half before we could actually launch it. We launched in June of 2013. Now, was this a a space that no one else had gotten into? I mean, if you were (laughs) in that field, were there lots of other choices and you built a better one or was it kind of wide open territory? Yeah. So I, so here's the, the, the little bit longer answer to that question. I, um, I worked in, in technology where I did a lot, had a lot of jobs. Like you said, I was all over the place for a long time, which I think at the time didn't seem like a great thing, but looking back, it seems like a lot of those different things that I did served me very well. Uh, but maybe we'll get into that later, maybe not. But basically I, I worked in, the, in technology when the dot-com bubble kind of burst in around 2000. Um, I literally, I woke up one day and I'd always had an interest in psychology and, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out my own life and myself and things like that. And I literally woke up and thought, I want to go to get a graduate degree at a very particular school and kind of reconnect with myself. I felt very disconnected. So I want to go to the school, I want to get a degree and I'm going to become a psychotherapist. 
And basically what happened was I went through, I was at school, uh, in your second year of school, you've got to start tracking all your training hours to become eligible for state licensure. So I ended up, um, it's a pain in the ass to do it. You've got to, it's, it's all these ratios and there's very specific guidelines that the board of behavioral sciences has. You've got to fill out forms all the time. So I thought one day, you know, why isn't there a web-based software application that allows you to track all your training hours and generate your state forms and kind of take care of all this, this hard work for you. And there wasn't something out there. So again, very long story short, I, I started a company called track your hours, hired a developer and built out this product. that's extremely niche product. And over the years, you know, thousands of people started using it and started taking off. And I was doing all my training hours as well. You've got to accrue about 3,000 hours of experience. So I started thinking as I got close to finishing my training and my hours, when I go into practice, you know, what am I going to use to run my business? So I started looking at the different solutions that were out there at the time. And I just didn't find anything that I really liked that I thought, wow, I could really spend every day using this piece of software. So that's when I started thinking about building simple practice. And that idea kind of like rolled around in my unconscious for a while until one day, kind of these epiphanies kind of hit me in my life. One day I thought, okay, I know how I want to build this thing out. And that's when I contacted um, my co-founder, who's more on the technical side. And we basically just started the business. I didn't do... I didn't do a lot of the competitive analysis. I didn't do a big business plan. I didn't realize how many companies were really out there that were doing this. Uh, even today, I still hear about new companies that I didn't know about. It's a highly competitive space. If I knew how competitive it was, I don't know if I would have done it, but I just kind of went heads down and knew I had to do it. And I built up such goodwill and had a lot of customers from my previous business kind of in the same space that I just felt I just I could not do it. So did you actually practice uh, clinically? Well, I didn't practice. I didn't get my license. Um, I did everything I had to do to get my license. And then I, I realized that it was, that wasn't going to be my path, you know, um, that instead of becoming a, a psychotherapist, you know, therapist, I was going to actually be in the software business for psychotherapists. But the thing that most people have a hard time understanding is that the school that I went to, it's a very unique school. Um, you go, you live up in this beautiful place in Santa Barbara for three days a month with a lot of like-minded people the people whose books that I was were re, you know, reading, they taught there. Uh, it was a very unique, a very highly experiential program. So not only did I go there and, and learn how to you know, be a, a therapist, but I learned about myself. Um, a lot of things in my life were normalized by that experience. You know, I realized you know, there were other like-minded people like that in the world. So it was a, an incredibly you know, beautiful experience for me to really kind of really connect with, with who I am. And then ultimately decided that uh, rather than practice or clinically practice what you had learned there, you uh, you jumped into this business and 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 it, you've recently sold the business. Is that correct? Yeah, about a, about a year ago. Yeah, I sold the equity in the business, uh, but I still run it. And how's that? Uh, running it for somebody else. Well, it's been great. You know, I heard a lot of horror stories about you know what can happen when you when you sell a business. But uh, I was able to. Um, I was in, I think, a pretty unique position. Uh, I didn't have to sell the business. There wasn't any pressure on it. You know, we were a, a growing business. We had no debt. Um, everything was great. Um, but I, you know, for I was getting older, and I put every penny I had into this business. And you know, my daughter was going to go off to college in a couple of years, and I just really started to feel like I needed to be responsible financially in some ways, um, and kind of reduce some of my risk. Um, you know, I was totally risk exposed in this business. So basically, um, the company that ended up um, 
uh, acquiring us, you know, they look at us and say, look, you, you know how to run your business. We don't, you know, we're just going to leave you alone to keep doing what you're doing. And, um, and that, that's how it's been. Um, I was skeptical at first, you know, a lot of people tell you, a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about, about things, um, and how you're going to get screwed and how this is going to be bad and that's going to be bad. Uh, but this has been an incredible experience for us. Um, I think because the folks that, um, my, my new boss, he, he just trusts me to keep doing what I'm doing and, and likes, likes how the business is uh, unfolding. Well, yeah, it sounds like it's worked out great. And there's no absolutes with this kind of thing. We all hear the good stories, the bad stories, and all that matters is how it's worked out for you. And it sounds like it's going really well. Um, you know, this theme that I'm already hearing about you sort of finding your path uh, seems to have been something that developed in you probably many, many years ago. Uh, let me just take you back to kind of growing up. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about some, you know, your parents. Uh, what are some of the early influences you had um, that had you kind of thinking about who you are? Well, you know, I, I know I got some of these questions ahead of time. And I've been thinking about some of this. And, and here's I just have to answer honestly, like he, the truth is this is I was I was really disconnected and lost, you know, for a lot of my life. You know, I didn't you know, I there's things that really that I felt resonated with me, like, you know, like psychology, um, different things that were important to me. There weren't things that people were really talking about. Um, I didn't really have, you know, any mentors when I was growing up. You know, my dad was a successful anesthesiologist and I really you know, thought that was wonderful that he could go do that. But we didn't have a close relationship. Um, so I, I didn't really have anyone in my life that was teaching me kind of the ins and outs of things or how to do this or how to do that. And, you know, because most, you know, most boys growing up are talking about sports and things like that that really didn't interest me that much. I just I, I really felt very you know isolated um, and just unsure of really what to do. And I think that's kind of why, like you mentioned in the beginning, you know, I was kind of quote unquote all over the place. I had a lot of ideas, but I, I had a lot of passion and a lot of energy. I just didn't know how to, how to really direct it. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, later in my life that things really came together and I started to trust myself more. Um, but growing up, you know, school wasn't the best thing for me. I didn't, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but, but I think, now that I'm talking it through, I think one of the one of the positive things that came from it was that I learned how to be really resourceful in whatever I was doing, so I could learn how to figure things out. So as I you know kind of grew up and had a lot of different jobs in a lot of different industries, um, I was always able to go in and kind of create opportunities by just being resourceful. So that kind of resilience, um, you know, just came from me. Just you know, I had an interest here. I went and checked it out. Um, and if it didn't pan out, I, I would try something else. Can you think of any early jobs maybe that, uh, contributed to that? Um, well, I, you know, I think my, my first job, I worked in a clothing store in Westwood, um, uh, which I was like the youngest. I was, I think I was 15 and a half or 16. The owners lived up the street. Um, I just, again, I went in and just figured things out and, and, and did really well and was rewarded, rewarded for it. Uh, but I just kind of applied that throughout my life, just essentially going in, figuring things out. Um, on my own and, um, and just learning how to be really resourceful. I don't know if that answers your question or not. What clothing store? It's called Allendale's. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was a pretty funny place. So as you, even through school, any uh, impressions that you got f through school or anything that um, kind of came to you or as early areas that you might be interested in? Well, I think one of my most profound memories, you know, from high school was, in an English class when we read James Joyce's Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. And that 
I know something about that book really resonated with me. And um, that, that kind of began this journey of kind of self-awareness and introspection, um, you know, just because of, of the, the book and the subject. Um, so that, that to me is my, my biggest memory from, from school. My schooling, you know, I, I graduated um, elementary school around this time there was busing and a lot of things happening in Los Angeles. And a lot of the parents were sending their kids to private schools. And for whatever reason, my parents sent me to a, you know, a Catholic boys school. Um, I'm, I'm Jewish. It wasn't, it wasn't the best fit. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was kind of the beginning of a very interesting, um, educational experience. So I think that, um, I felt like I was in the wrong place. And, um, I think that that had a big impact on me, not in a positive way. Um, so you know, my, Thinking back upon my educational experience, you know, it isn't uh, it, it isn't it wasn't the best experience for me. You know, as I think about what you're doing now, you're leading a growing company with 65 people. Um, what about where this leadership came from? I mean, I know that you were willing to try different things, and if it didn't work, you moved on to something else. And but this idea that you would uh, take a leadership role, have control over others and their destiny, where did where do you think that came from? Well, I think a lot of it came, you know, it came from having a lot of having a lot of jobs, working in a lot of different places, getting a lot of different experiences of people. And also really, you know, ultimately, I wanted to become a therapist. And I did that because um, I realized when I was working at a professional services company uh, in Brentwood, where I ended up managing about 80 people, um, you know, in the in different groups, I really got to know the people there. So when I was able to put teams together and move people around all the time, I was able to do it based upon who they were and what their strengths and weaknesses were. And I just realized that it all comes down to people. And I, I listen well, um, I have a lot of empathy and compassion. Uh, and those are skills that I think have really helped me with this business because, you know, I've got an ama- amazing team here. And we can only be as, as successful as, you know, the team is. So kind of really you know, you know, knowing who people are, uh, being able to play to their strengths, um, you know, just down to the, the, the you know, the, the human level. I think that's what's really helped me um, just, you know, get people excited and passionate about what we're doing. You know, our company is really mission driven, I feel like. You know, yeah, we make scheduling and billing software, but our customers um, at least the majority of them right now are out in the world working with people that are in pain or they're going through a lot of transitions in their lives. So that's what we do. You know, we have a much bigger impact in the, in the services and products that we're providing. We're helping these people in the world do these great things. So you've been able to attract a really amazing group of people that care deeply about our customers and what they're doing. So it's been fairly easy to lead because you've got a lot of highly motivated people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's how things have unfolded here. Can you think of a maybe an unexpected learning from an unexpected source in those early years? Well, I think that, you know, I I thought about this um, and I kept trying to think of like, what was unexpected? Um, I think, I think that I learned from myself about trust, about trusting myself because I, I went through a lot of my life, not really trusting that I knew like everyone else knew, like, you know, Paul Spiegelman knew all these other people knew, but I didn't know. And it was really through, you know, starting my other business. Um, well, actually, I think it started when I was in graduate school and really normalizing a lot of the things that I was feeling that those were okay. And it was, it was, it was actually really great things. Um, and then having that other business and making decisions in that business and seeing that business grow and seeing how happy our customers were, that I really started to trust myself. Um, and it really, so I think that that was unexpected that 
um, that just learning how to trust myself um, would be such a profound, have such a profound impact on my ability to continue to grow the business, sell that business, start another business, build a great team, sell that business and continue to run that business. Um, so I didn't think that, you know, obviously there's other influences that you're conscious and unconscious of, whether it's books you're reading or people you hear talking, but I think just learning how to trust myself has been the biggest, had the biggest impact in my life. Yeah. I mean, we talk about trust being so critical in business, but if you can't do it with yourself, then <laughs> it's not going to work with anybody else. Um, I think when I first met you, weren't you, um, in the entertainment business in some regard? Yeah. My first job out of college, I, I got a job with a, a, a film producer who uh, is probably one of the no, most notorious producers in Hollywood for just being the hardest person to work for. He's <laughs> also probably the most prolific producer of you know films and Broadway. But it was it was like boot camp um, for me, and I learned there very quickly that I mean I get fired every day. I mean it was it was it was the hardest most horrible job ever. I lasted six months, which at the time was a record. But I learned, you know, you got to produce, you got to get things done. Um, but I, I worked for that guy, then I worked for some other producers, and then I, I realized that that really wasn't my calling. So I got out and did some other things. I remember you and I would get together every once in a while, and every time we got together, you had a different idea. Uh, yeah. you were, hey, right. You were, <laughs> uh, you were going to do something different or you were doing something. And then, then this one time you said, hey, I'm going back to school. And I want to become a therapist. And I'm just scratching my head and going, what? You know, where did this come from? Well, where did that come from? I mean, at what point did you finally decide after, you know, multiple jobs and, and all of this? I said, I'm going to go back to school um, and not only find myself, but find hopefully a, a vocation I can succeed at. Well, I think as I, I alluded to earlier, you know, there have been times in my life, like books that I've read, where when I'm reading those books, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like this feeling of just like you feel really connected to something deep within yourself. I feel like everyone kind of knows what they need to do, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And when you kind of tap into that, you know. So, you know, I read a lot of books about psychology, you know, um, and those always really resonated deeply with me. And so going to school and getting a degree in psychology for me, you know, didn't seem out of left field at all. Because, you know, how much you really know one another, right? You, you knew me, but you didn't really know me, right? right, right. So um, going and doing this just felt right for me. And I, look, I follow my, my heart. I follow my passions. I make decisions and I go do them, uh, you know, for better and, and for worse sometimes, but mostly for better, thank God. Um, but, you know, the school that I went to, um, it was recommended by somebody, but I, I don't know if you know who Joseph Campbell is. Um, he wrote the, the power of myth and, mm -hmm. and the hero with a thousand faces and a lot of great books. He was a famous, like, uh, he studied myth and religion and, and, and did a lot of amazing work. He left all of his archives to the school, which I was reading his work at the time. And I found that out and that really connected with me. And, you know, Carl Jung, some of his books that I read, read really resonated with me. And the school that I went to, it's, uh, specializes in depth psychology, which is very Jungian based. And, and so, it just seemed like the right fit for me to kind of, like I said before, go and, and not just go to, to learn a vocation, but go and learn how to really reconnect, you know, with, with myself and just kind of, you know, dive into the things that have always felt really, um, uh, that really resonated with me. You know, I'm just so, uh, proud of what you've done. You've just always been willing to follow your passions, even if they took you in completely different directions. Um, as you think about 
what you're doing now. This is, uh, you know, you sold, uh, started and sold a couple companies. You're running this company, which has, uh, it sounds like lots of growth potential. Uh, what is, what does the future hold for you? Or that's probably a question I shouldn't ask because you say, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, who yeah. knows, right? Who knows? Just trying uh, to live in the present. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, yeah. So, um, is that, is that one of the, uh, is that still a challenge for you, um, to where, where you feel like you're always antsy or do you feel like, you know, you've, you've settled in here in the last few years? Well, you know, with, with regard to all the ideas, I still have a lot of ideas, um, you know, and, and I love that. I mean, I, I get very excited about things. You know, I love coming up with new ideas. I love, I'm never satisfied with something, not, not in a negative way, but in a good way, always trying to make something better. Uh, always looking at opportunities and possibilities and things, whether it's my business or talking to someone else and working through stuff with them. I love doing that um, just because I see again, so, uh, it, it's creative problem solving. It's figuring things out. It's amazing. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I don't have, I'm not antsy right now. I think right, basically the company's at a point where you know, we've got so many people doing so many great things. My focus right now is on building a great company. At first, it was really focusing on building a product, you know, and providing great service and a great product. And, you know, when you bootstrap a business, you've got to do everything at first. And then as you start to generate revenue, you can start hiring people and start offloading some things. So at a certain point, I really realized, you know, what should I be doing? And then more importantly, what shouldn't I be doing? And basically making sure hiring great people to do those things to kind of offload them. And then it got to the point where I've got a great team in place and they're doing amazing work. So for me, the, the, the evolution of my role as a CEO is, yeah, I've got to continue to be strategic and look out and see what I think we should be doing, but also really focusing on how do I build a great company and continue to build a great culture. And that then becomes my next project. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited about that. Um, and, you know, I think, I think whatever antsiness I may have just always comes from, you know, I'm never really satisfied and again, not in a negative way. It's like, I'm always, like I said a, a minute ago, how do we always make things better? You know, how do we improve what we're offering? You know, how do we come up with, with new ways to market our product or our services? So it's incredibly uh, invigorating for me. It's incredibly exciting. Um, I, I love it. I love what I do. Yeah. And don't, don't lose that ant, ants, antsiness, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's served you very well. Uh, as you think about the current business, you've, you know, you're in, as you said, a crowded space. Uh, you're you're in technology side, and yet there's a great mission and vision behind what you're doing, and, and you're tr- kind of evolving the culture. What would you say is your biggest current challenge? Well, I'll, let me I'll answer that in one second. Let me just reference something you said a minute ago about um, you know all the, the the jobs and stuff that I've had. You know, Steve Jobs gave this great commencement speech at Stanford in 2005. That I, I rewatch it every once in a while. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. Um, but one of the things he said in it was you can't connect the dots forward in your life, you know, and I, I really believe that's an important statement because, you know, he said, if you follow your passion and follow your heart, then somehow things will work out. And if you look back, you can kind of, you can kind of see the different, you, you can connect the dots backwards, but you can't connect them forward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like that's, that's been kind of some of my story It's like, yeah, I've had a lot of jobs, did a lot of things, but each one was a, an opportunity to learn something and grow and, and build up a certain set of skills that ultimately kind of bring you here now, you know, where you are. Um, so I just wanted to reference that and then ask you, what did you just ask me again? Cause I forgot what the question was. <laughs> uh, just about, uh, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, um, something, a message I try to deliver, not eloquently like Steve jobs, but just this idea that 
finding our true passion is really nothing more than keeping your head down with good values and working hard and knowing that over time it will come to you. Uh, so you don't have to make excuses for however many jobs or mistakes or anything. It's all a path to where you are today. Uh, I was really referencing the current business that you're in and what you you say from a uh, just a business standpoint is your biggest current challenge. Yeah, so I think that the, the biggest challenge now um, is, you know, I'm I'm but like a, a generation ahead of everyone here at the company. We've got a lot of folks here that are in their 20s and 30s. Um, I guess some of them would classify as millennials, um, which I, I don't like that term, but I guess people use it a lot. And, you know, my frame of reference is my, are my experiences, you know, my work ethic, you know, how I've gone about things in my life. And I feel like, you know, that's my filter. That's what I look at the, the world through. And it's really been interesting to me and very challenging for me. Um, I have this expectation that everyone's going to work as hard as I worked, you know, and, you know, and do the things that I did. And that's not always the case. And um, so that, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm really having a hard time dealing with. Uh, because, you know, I want everyone here to, to do, you know, the, their greatest work and to push themselves. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to communicate that in a way that doesn't make you, you sound like you're a taskmaster and you want people to work 80 hours a week, which I don't. Um, I want to know that if we had to, to meet a deadline or do something that people would. But I don't know, that, that's been my biggest challenge, you know, just basically, you know, putting my experience aside and these high expectations um, for every, for other people. Yeah. Um, I, I think that makes sense. Um, when have you been humbled? I mean, what's the most, you know, humbling or toughest decision you've had to make as a leader? Well, I don't know what the toughest is because I, I kind of, I don't really frame things that way. Um, I mean, you know, obviously letting somebody people, I think the default answer would be, well, we have to let somebody go. That's always really hard. I mean, I see it. It's not always that hard because it's an opportunity for them to go and find something better for themselves. Mm-hmm. But the most humbling thing, again, not in a, not in a negative way, um, is every Friday we have a, a meeting here with everyone in the company and each department kind of gives an update on what's going on and what they're doing kind of specific to our, our goals and our mission. And I'm like almost moved to tears every week just seeing how like thoughtful the leadership team is here and presenting what they're doing and how deeply they're thinking about things. And I look around and I just, I can't, I, I almost still can't believe that this is a company that I built. Um, so the, the, those, those are the most humbling times, just watching these amazing people you know, do these things. Yeah, I, I, I can totally identify with that. And uh, just remember uh, in, in my former company, how uh, it was the annual holiday party where I look around and just see, hundreds of people and spouses and everybody just <laughs> and says, God, God, look where, you know, look what we've done and look at these families we support. And, um, so I can just picture what it's like on that, uh, Friday meeting and, and really, uh, may, like you said, makes you emotional about what you've been able to do. Uh, is there a particular area of leadership that you're saying, or even personal development? Um, even though I think you've conquered many things that you say, this is something I still got to work on. Well, I think it ties back to what I was just saying earlier. It's like, you know, being, being a little bit more tolerant, you know, um, you know, of, of, again, I have very high standards and, you know, I'm very mindful of how precious time is. I don't like to waste time, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm a very direct person. Um, and I think sometimes I need to just dial it back a little bit. You know, I think that that's, that's something that I need to work on. Yeah. I, you know, that it's interesting because I, I don't work with you day to day, so I don't know how that manifests itself. But I think uh, those high standards are actually 
very positive, and I think that uh, you don't necessarily need to sacrifice there as long as you're you know you do it clear with compassion and respect for people. Uh, always searching for those people that strive to work. Um, and have the same at least commitment. It's not a matter of yeah. how hours necessarily, but the same level of commitment that you do. I mean, that's what we do as leaders. We're always searching for people like that and uh, um, trying to boost them up to see what their potential is. But yeah, you do have to, hey, there is some balance there and tolerance for those that are not exactly like you or don't have the exact same style. So um, I can see that. Now, with uh, with all that you've been through up to now, Howard, and what would you say to a young person that's just starting out and, uh, and says, you know, I want to be like Howard someday. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't take as long. Um, so I think it goes back to what I said earlier, which is, you know, I think you have to follow your passion in life, you know, and, um, there's no one path, you know, to wherever you're going to end up. You know, I think if you follow your heart, you follow your passion, um, you try different things, and if you're honest with yourself, you know, I think that, you know, that, um, you know, learn how to be resourceful. I mentioned that earlier as well. Um, look for, you know, cre- you've got to create your own opportunities. Sometimes don't wait for someone to kind of tell you what to do all the time. You know, to me, every time I went into a, a job, I just thought, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to make an opportunity. So, you know, it's really taking, taking ownership of what you're doing, taking charge, follow your passions and, really know yourself, you know, know thyself, right? Like really take time to learn who you are and what really interests you and not what you, there's a difference between what you think you should do and and who you are and what you really want to do. And I think a lot of people go down paths in life where they do things that they think they should be doing uh, because they, you know, people tell them, oh, you should be a doctor or a lawyer or do whatever, whatever it is. And they end up not really following their passion. Um, And so I feel like, you know, follow your passion. Great things can happen. Um, you know, it, what's the worst that can happen? You you dive into a job or a, or a career, and at some point you realize, hey, this isn't the right thing for me, and you go do something else. So I really, I, I'm I'm a I'm a product of that, um, and I'm I guess you could say that I've had some success, so it's worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, I'll say that's uh, those are great lessons. Um, well, let me uh, let me end up with these kind of five quick hit questions. Uh, just kind of the association game. Tell me whatever just comes to your mind. Uh, who's a leader that you look up to? Well, I think Steve Jobs is someone that I think about because of his relentless drive to do uncompromisingly un- 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 great work. Um, so I, I look up to what he did. Yeah, I can't argue with that. How about, uh, and it sounds like you have a bunch of them here, but uh, a great book that influenced your leadership style. Well, I think a lot of the books, like I mentioned, you know, the, the James Joyce book, the Joseph Campbell books, all those books that aren't necessarily business books have kind of helped me understand who I am. Um, so those, I think the, the a recent book that I read uh, that I loved was uh, Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Chouinard, the, mm-hmm. the uh, founder of Patagonia. Um, it's an incredible book and the guy's a, a fearless, amazing, uh, leader. Yeah, that's a great book. Uh, how about your all time favorite movie? Uh, I'm going to give you two of them because you know, how can you give just one, uh, dead poet society and the big Lebowski. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's funny. Those couldn't be two more different <laughs> movies, but, uh, both great movies. Um, so what, are, what's your favorite uh, TV series to binge watch? You know, I wish I had time to binge watch. I just, I, 
I, you know, the only thing I watch on TV is I pre-record like a uh, Colbert show. So I watch the monologue like every day uh-huh. and that's pretty, that's pretty much the extent of my TV watching. All right. Um, and finally, what's something about you that many people don't know? You know, the only ridiculous thing that I could come up with is that, um, Kenny G is my cousin. What? Yeah. <laughs> I've never really? met him. I never met him. He's my cousin. So oh. you know, that's the only thing that comes to mind. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. well, Howard, it's been great to talk to you and, and, and hear kind of what's behind the story. Some of this, as, as many years as I've known you, I, I really didn't know and uh, kind of what made you who you are today. And uh, it all makes sense. Um, you know, let me just share a couple things that, that I heard that really resonated with me. And, and, uh, and one was, you know, not all that long ago when you did make that decision um, to go back to school, you know, later in life and, and, and you wanted to figure yourself out and you went back to school and, and took on that challenge. That was a big deal. Um, you know, you talked about your, uh, your childhood and that you really had no early mentors and that your dad and was successful and all that, but no one really in your life that was guiding you. And I think um, that really came across and that you felt early on, like, I just have to make my own way. But not only that, you were just curious and willing uh, to to do just about anything or try just about anything. So, um, you know, you start off by saying you were kind of disconnected and lost for a lot of your life. And, uh, you know, in, in one sense, you go, I feel sad to hear that. But then I feel like those are all the reasons why you've achieved what you've achieved and built not only a wonderful business, but a wonderful family and, and, uh, and really came into your own after all these years, uh, just by being resourceful. Uh, and then this idea that you, the trust is so important, but you got to start by trusting yourself. And that was the, the, the unexpected learning for you was not from another person or a job or school. It was just about yourself. Um, you know, being willing to read these books on psychology, uh, there seems to be this lifelong curiosity in you that I think is amazing. And, um, you know, this insatiable appetite to just learn more and take on more. Um, but it, it led you to this today. We were talking about the other day, this, um, I, that I had gone on a silent retreat and you said, oh, you've done a few of them. And so this, I, I don't want to underestimate this idea that you've been on a, a search for yourself uh, that continues to this day, uh, but that has really impacted your business life. And I think that's uh, the fact that you take the time constantly to really, really uh, reevaluate yourself and, and uh, where you fit into the world um, has come across in the kind of business that you've built and the fact that you've taken this company that, you know, let's be honest, there's nothing sexy about being a software provider, but you're, you've done it with mission and culture in the way that you feel like we're truly making the world a better place. We're making healthcare a better place. Um, I love what you said about Steve Jobs saying you cannot connect the dots forward you can only really look back. And, and I just wish people would sometimes take a little pressure off themselves to try to do that. And like you said, just try to follow or find their passion. Um, and then there, like you said, there's no one path and, you know, let's be honest, you've been through many paths, right? Um, over all these years, just follow your heart, be honest, um, be true to yourself, I think is, is all that matters. And, um, and I think to, uh, have seen what you've accomplished all these years is a great message for for anyone who might feel 
lost in their life or may feel like, gosh, I'm not, this is not what I'm meant to be doing. That uh, if you're willing to be curious, willing to try new things, willing to, you know, change and, and start fresh and do something new, uh, look what you've done in just, you know, the last six or seven years in, in terms of uh starting and growing this business. So um, I really appreciate having you on and, and hearing what's behind the, the Howard that I always knew. <laughs> well, thanks for that great summary, Paul. You're truly a, a gifted listener. Um, and you know, thanks for that. I really appreciate it. And it was, it was great to be on. And I, I'm grateful for you having me on this. And it's wonderful to reconnect with you again. So thank you. Well, continued success. And thank you for joining me on this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. Until next time.